0: Send a gift of twenty-five dollars or more, and ask for the transition of the church gift offer. Hey,
1: welcome back in This show. is Mark Ramble. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up if you want to do it just by the telephone we can do that also and you can give the office a call 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also like I said earlier we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois Prophet Tom Decker
2: last night we began to talk about the the needs to be guided today we're going to start talking about obstacles of being guided. Things that keeps us away from that. I want to go to John 8. If you'll turn with me to John 8, 47. It says here, He that is God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Now, This is deep, and I want you to really, really, really hang in here with the prophet for a while today. So, those that are God, hear God's words. And if you don't hear God's words, therefore, you're not a God. Now, what does that mean with what's going on right now, today, on the face of this earth? We are at the brink of the greatest movement that there has ever been of God on the face of this earth. And yet the church thinks that most of you sitting in this room have been sadly deceived following an Antichrist spirit and a false prophet. That's what that, That's what you're being told. And if you haven't, then you just haven't been in this long enough because you will be told that. But at the same time, could it be, could it be, that we are on the brink of this great, great explosion of the end-gathering of the great uh, Ephraim himself. In order for Scriptures to be fulfilled and for the Lord Yeshua to come back to this earth, there has to be, without a shadow of turning, the gathering of the ten lost tribes of Israel in the last days. It has to happen, folks. It isn't something that, old oh, golly gee... I loved it when the rabbi said to me, Well, how are you going to know know who they are? Because they're lost. I said, Well, that's easy. Right here is the way that they're going to know. Each of you in this room has had something happen here in your hearts. Something here that, bless God, that there's nobody can take away from you. But you want to know something? Upon your conversion into Christ, it happened here, didn't it? Upon you receiving the baptism of the Rehokitesh, the Holy Ghost, it happened again here, didn't it? And now it's happening for a third time. Nobody is able to tell you that. I remember the day that I received Jesus Christ, Yeshua, as my Lord and my Savior. Never will forget the day, never forget the hour, never forget the place that I was at. And there was nothing that had ever happened in my heart like that before. I remember upon upon receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Rehachadish, I remember the same thing happening. And you know something? I remember when the Lord God called me back to my Jewish roots, it happened again. And I thought, what is the the bottom line? You know, Donna does a a great job on teaching, uh, 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 you know, let peace be your umpire. Let peace be your umpire. Now, when we look at this scripture, now this is Yeshua himself speaking here. And I want to read it again. He says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. There is a separation coming, brothers and sisters. The key is to be teachable. The key is to understand when God said, let there be light, there was a beginning of the Spirit of God moving upon the on this earth, then moving upon the peoples of this earth, bringing this earth and its peoples after many, 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 many generations to where we stand today. And every time that God brought the generation forward, He brought revelation knowledge, and He gave to them. Now, not everybody heard his voice. Now, I go back to what I have taught for so long and so hard here since I've been in America over the last couple years, uh, simply by saying that, you know, when they, when they, when, when Yeshua spoke in those parables, finally the disciples got him off the side and said, we don't understand. So why do you talk to them in parables that they don't understand, we don't understand, but yet you take us off the side and you explain this? all to us. And Yeshua said something that you must never forget. He said, Unto them it's not given to know, but unto you it's given. Now as we look at this and we begin to realize here that He said, He that is of God heareth God's words. You're hearing God's words. There are many voices. There are going to continue to be many voices. There is going to be a revival of light, a revival of darkness that's coming like this earth has never seen. The the, the powers of darkness come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Do you think that the devil wants to see Ephraim go home? There is no way. Why? Because it's the fulfillment. It's the fulfillment of God's Word. Does the devil and all his cohorts do they know the Word of God? You bet they know the Word of God. They can quote the Word of God. So we are at a unique and we're at a dangerous time. Last night we talked about how Paul said in the latter days there, the, the, there will be perilous times, dangerous times. We are in those dangerous times. We're in times that I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the stinking devil come and absolutely steal out of the hearts people that bless God. Because you know what's wrong with people? If you're in a crowd, you feel like that maybe you're right. You're in a minority. You're looking around, going, "What if we're wrong?" Come on, folks, it, it's the truth. Now, I said from the beginning of this thing, hadn't been two years ago, but about a year and uh, seven seven months, I think, or so. I said that the the thing about this movement is it is going to keep growing. And it will get to a place and then it's going to explode. My concern is the explosion. We're building fellowships all over the country. Some of you here represent fellowships that, 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 we're, that we're part of, okay? And, and there's going to be more fellowships that we're going to be part of. And my concern is, are we going to be able to man the demand? Because it's going to come. Why? Because what's happening in your hearts is going to happen in all their hearts. Now, now the Scripture says that any time that they would want to see, they they can see. Any time that they want to hear, they can hear if they will decide to hear. The problem that we're fighting is it's called religion. It is a spirit thereof. A spirit of religion is probably the toughest spirit as a deliverance preacher could ever have to deal with. Because why? It is deeply steeped within what they think is the Word of God. So it becomes very, very difficult to, uh, to unhinge or loose that person from that spirit of religion because why? I spoke to you last night, uh, and as incredible as it may seem, you only know what you've been taught. If you've grown up in a Baptist church, you just know what the Baptists believe. If you've grown up in the Catholic church, you only know what the Catholics believe. If you've grown up being a Russian, you understand what they believe. American believe in what they... And so it goes on and on and on. And folks, that's what you've got to begin to grasp a hold of and realize we are a minority. There are millions of us here in North America that's going to go home. But we're going to have to realize who we are and we're going to have to be unshakable. Because what, you know, when the sower soweth the word, okay, when the Lord God sows this word and He sowed it into your hearts, then if there's no root, what happens? Immediately, immediately Satan comes and steals the word out of your heart, if there's no root there. That's the reason people have trouble getting in and staying into this thing, is because they don't have enough word in them you got to have the Word of God in you. You've got to understand. That's the reason, as a prophet, over and over and over and over and over again, I do not look for spiritual people. I look for scriptural people. People that bless God, that understand what the Word of God says and means. I'm not interested in people that have dreams and visions. I'm interested in people that study God's Word every day. And search for God every day is silver and gold. Those are the people that I'm interested in. And you know how often I get scriptural people around me? Out of every 2,000, one or two. Everybody else is interested in, bless God, the, the dreams and the angels and the this and that. That's supposed to happen, brothers and sisters. The problem is we were never trained up in the way we should go into the supernatural side of this thing, so that therefore, when we touch it or we get close to it, whether it be of God or a familiar spirit, we get wrapped up into this thing, and the next thing that happens to us, we, you know, we're more interested in that than we are the Scripture. Again, the devil has many. Listen to me. The devil has many ways of stealing from you, and if the devil can get you interested in all the ooh, spiritual things of God and gets you away from being a student of God's Word, he's doing his job. Because he knows you will never reach maturity in the Lord God without the Word. He knows that. And what I see is a lack of God's Word in the people. That's what I've always seen. So, those that hear God's words, and what's God's words right now? Ephraim, come home. That is God. Prepare yourselves for the Lord God to come. That is what's going. That's what the word of God is right now to the churches. Let him remember when the Lord said, "Let him that hath an ear, let him hear what thus saith the mouth of God." That is exactly where we're at today. Again, let those that have an ear hear. Now I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to add to that. For those of you that have an ear that are hearing, don't you let your best buddy, don't you let the next door neighbor, don't you let the part of your family or somebody down the street come and steal this out of your heart if you know that it's God and it's in your heart. And you just want to don't look strange to them. I got news for you. God's children are peculiar. Look around. We don't quite look like the Baptist church, do we? We're just a little peculiar, aren't we? But boy, would they like to have what I've got. Yeah, but it's easier to call me the the spirit of Antichrist than it is, bless God, to come sit down and see if there's anything to this. See, people judge me that don't even know me. People judge me that have never sat at the feet of this prophet to learn anything, but they know all about me. They know all about how that this is false. You can't know, folks, unless you go see and sit and listen and study. And I'm always saying that. I said, "Have you ever studied my materials?" No. And that's what I would say to you. You get people who come to you and say, "Well, listen, you need to come with me. You need to come with me to one of one of the conferences. You need to you need to go sit down. You need to test. see the Bible says, test the spirits. It doesn't say anything about just judging somebody because you don't you know they they, they believe differently than you believe. It doesn't say anything. It said, test the spirits." You come sit down. If you come in my spirit, you come in my spirit. You come and bless God in a meeting with me, and you can't feel the anointing of God that comes out of me, that flows out across these crowds, then i got news for so you, you're dead and don't know it. You'll have to leave here agreeing one thing, there's something that's taken place. And what's taken place is, bless God, that, that you're sitting at the feet of somebody that, bless God, that has paid a price, that has grown up in the Word of God, that can teach you how to grow up, if we can ever get you off of that spiritual cloud that you're floating around on. And if we can't get you off the spiritual cloud, you're not going to be any good to God, you're not going to be any good to yourself, and you're not going to be any good to your family, and you're sure not going to be any of use to this prophet. And people say, well, I, I don't like that. Well, learn to like it. You see, we, we, didn't, we didn't bring you together here, bless God, to to take a vote at the end of the weekend and see how popular I must have you raised my popularity standard. My popularity standard never is going to go up. Uh, Bless God, what you see is what you get. Okay? I'm going to tell you the truth. What you do with the truth is up to you. But it's time somebody tells the church the truth. It's it's time somebody gets away. Now, inability to hear from God may be due to, to, to a wrong relationship with God. And, and that's, where, that's where we're going to go back, bless God, um, and begin to realize that, that that we want to get you rightly related. We, we want to get your hearts, your motives all in the right place. And And, you know, about once a month you need to say to yourself, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to further God's kingdom, which is the only reason you should be doing it, Or if i got some hidden agenda that's hidden away here in my heart, Is I want to be popular, I want to be seen, I want to be heard, I want to be the guy up front or the gal up front. Because your motives and the motives of your heart are going to be in direct relationship to your relationship with God himself. And if that's all monkeyed up, the rest of it's not going to work. Why? Because you're entering in for for all the wrong reasons. You're entering in for all the wrong reasons. Now, in Ephesians, let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter chapter 2, going to church filled with the Spirit. Okay, chapter 2, 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Second chapter, first verse. And you hath he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. In other words, he has quickened us. Now, there are six problems that I have listed here uh, that the, the, the children of God face, and these problems are walking out of original sin, which brought the death that we know, which is eternal death, that that we may want that we may bless God, come to a place of getting into the pleasure of God instead of the displeasures of God. Now, within this, hearing from God uh, to be guided, number one is is if you're never born again you can't be guided by God. You can't be. So the prerequisite obviously is what? To be born again. Now if you have offended God, now this, this is gonna get, this is gonna get deep, because you can offend God very easily, and I don't think, I don't think that people understand that. You know, I, I made mention, and I, I don't know yet that I'm gonna get to do, but I, I feel good about saying the fact that we're gonna do the next quarterly on structured prayer. See, people, you don't understand, people offend God by their prayers. Ninety nine percent of you spend more time with me, myself, and I and God than you do any other way when it comes to prayer. You're praying wrong. And you're missing God. You're praying amiss, as they say. And what what we want you to understand is you need to quit offending God by your prayers. You say, Well, am I not supposed to ask God for my needs? Yeah, one time. You know anything past that? Doubt and unbelief, and and, and in the book of in fourteen twenty three of Romans, that's sin. So you see, once you ask to be healed, for instance, you're healed. It's over. Two thousand years ago, He took care of that on the tree by the stripes that He bore. You were healed. That 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 there, there is no, that that's that's this final authority of God the Word. So you come you come to the Lord God and you say, Lord God, heal me of whatever. You know something? You just was healed. See, Now, when you're around somebody like me that possesses an anointing, then the anointing destroys the yoke, which is scriptural, and that works. But you're simply saying, God, I received my, the healing that I need in this body because of what you sent your Son Yeshua, to do upon the tree, instantly lets you be the recipient of healing. Now you're healed. What's wrong in the church is you've never been taught what to do after that. The next day, Lord God, I need to be healed. Same prayer again. Folks, that offends God. You know why it offends Him? Because you're really not sure that God's words is the truth. You think it's the truth, but you need a little proof here, Lord. I need a little proof of my flesh. I keep saying over and over again, the scenario works like this. When you decide that you're going to receive from the Lord God, and you and you say, Lord, I receive whether it's healing, finances, family, whatever it is, then it is done. Now, your spirit man that's being guided by the Spirit of God... It's in you, okay? Your spirit man begins to work out for you, this here place, what it is that you just prayed about. Now, everything goes well until you decide that you're not healed. Does that mean you're not healed? No, that doesn't mean you're not healed. You decided you're not healed. Well, the x-ray showed I'm not healed. Well, I'm going to tell you something. you you going to believe God's Word, or you're going to believe the X-rays? You say, uh-oh, he's getting fanatical. You bet I am, because i got news for you. Listen to me. You can fool the devil, because all the devil can do is see and hear what you're doing and saying. He can't read your mind. He's not into mind reading, but he can hear what you say, what you do. Okay, Lord, I'm healed by your stripes. Thank you. Now, Satan went before God when it come to Job, didn't he? And he said to Job, he said, Job, if you will let that, or God, if you'll let that hedge down around Job, what does that mean? It means, folks, when you pray correctly, there's a hedge can come around you, and does, that can't be infiltrated by darkness. But it came because what? Job was a righteous man, which means he did exactly what God had said to do. He kept what covenant there was of that day that kept. He said, you let that down, and he said, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to show you that Job, (laughs) he doesn't believe what you think he believes, God, or what he says that he believes. God says, hey, (laughs) he said it, I believe it, that he's got it, we'll let the hedge down, you go on in. And what happened? Even Job's wife come to him and said, will not you just curse God and die? But never one time would Job succumb to that. So we know that, bless God, that there is, and again, God is no respecter as a person. You are going to be tempted. Every time you decide that you're going to believe God's Word, you're going to have to face a time of temptation. You're going to have to prove that the Word that you're trying to believe, you believe. Every time. That's the reason I keep saying to people, you better be careful about getting on the Internet and getting way out in front. I'm teaching you today a message that's 25 years old. I've been teaching this for 25 years. We're not even, even got close to where I'm going to take you when we ever can get some of you on the same page. But right now it's important to go back and to teach into this stuff because you see these are the first oracles and these are things that bless God that obviously you have missed and you get, you got to desperately understand or you're going to lose before you ever get started. The devil steals, kills, and destroys. He's out to steal from you everything that you receive from God. So when you, when, when you start trying to learn all of this stuff at one time, that's the reason I keep saying stay off the internet. The Internet's not your friend. Leave it alone. Every time you go out here and think you're learning all this new material, you've got to be tested by that material. And that's where you get in trouble. You overload yourself, and all of a sudden all this stuff's coming at you. I'm going to give you enough that you can grow by. Okay? I've already said it's going to take you about three years to learn to keep the festivals, New Moon and Shabbat, Sabbath. So you might as well just take your time, sit back, we're going to keep, but we're also going to keep you up, up, up to speed in faith, in healing, in miracles, in deliverance, in the things of what? The testimony of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. See, that's where the balance is. Now, back to the story. You're now being tested because you said that by His stripes you were healed, and you need to be healed. So you've done it. You prayed, or you—that's a petition prayer. You have prayed, and now you have received it. The Bible says, "Pray, believe, receive." That's what the Bible says. Those three things. As I say, when I do the thing with angels, the angel said, "All God's asking you is to believe," and you can't even believe. We're the ones doing all the work. You're All you've got to do is believe and we'll get it done. But no, no, Deckard, you can't believe because you get tired of believing and you faint in your well-doing. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? So here comes the devil. He said, now there's old Deckard there, God. He said that he believes that he's healed by the stripes that you bore upon the tree. Yeah, that's what he said. I heard him say it. Well, you let that hedge down, and you let me get at him, and I'm going to show you that Deckard doesn't believe that. God said, "Well, he said it. I have to believe because he said it. Then, 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 it, then it's right." Now, 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 darkness is going to come. Then, to steal, to kill, and destroy. And darkness is going to watch, and darkness is going to listen, and you're going to go along, and all of a sudden, you're going to say. Well, you know, I went to the meeting the other night, got prayed for, and I believe I was healed, um, but I still have the pain. Devils. devil goes, oh, now we're getting somewhere, aren't we? What have you just done? You have just spoken doubt and unbelief. Game is over. devil's going to come in, and he's going to start punching you in that area that you think you're wanting to be healed of, And you're going to get down to probably end up going to the doctor, probably going to end up being worse than you were, and then you lose faith in what? In God. See, it's not faith in a man. What's wrong in America? We have gone to so many of these meetings where some man is going to heal you. Now, come on, folks. I'm telling you the truth. Where some man is going to heal you, that we didn't get taught properly because man can't heal a sick cow. Okay? This says, uh, do you know why there's laying on of hands? Do you know why there is by God? Me and the angel went around and around about this one time. Do you know why? It's for the people that can't believe and never are going to be able to believe. It's the, it is the, it is absolutely, it, it takes no faith in your, beh- your behalf at all. If you get around the anointed vessel of God. And that's what's happened. We went to all these services thinking some man is going to do something for us. And man is not going to do anything for you. It's got to be God. That's where you hear me say over and over, I'm not a healer. If I was a healer, I would be smart enough to be in the big cities, in hospitals, doing, uh, cutlass operation miracles, half price. Room to room. Door to door, but I'm not a healer. Neither are you. I know the one that heals. I know that I carry an anointing that has raised the dead and done everything else that uh, that, uh, that uh, things that I never even heard of in the way of diseases that God has healed. I know that. So what happens is you come into these things and then then bless God. You believe and you come and and sometimes and, and let me tell you what happens sometimes. Sometimes your faith will rise up, and that anointing will do what? It'll bust the yoke. Sometimes it will bust the yoke without your faith rising up. I've had people come right here in this room dying of cancer, and they said, "Well, I don't believe in healing." I said, "Well, that's fine. If you want me to pray, I'll pray." Well, you might as well. I'm here, but I don't. You know, in my church, we just don't believe in healing. I've watched God do miracles in people like that. What is it? It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. So the the easiest means. To receive is what? Is by the anointing. But folks, only does God, only does God let the anointing work in your life for a period of time. I can't tell you how many people that have been around me for years would come to me and say, Well, uh, prophet, uh, I don't know how to say this, but I think you lost the anointing. I said, Well, where do you think the anointing went to? Perhaps out the door. I mean, I've well, uh, you know, I, the first two years I was here, me and my family, all we had to do was get up in the line, and, I, and I'm telling you, you, lay hands on us, and, and boy, that anointing just, everything happened. I said, yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Well, here lately, prophet, I mean, well, we get in the line, we go home, and we're still sick. I said, really? I wonder why. Well, all I figure like is that you go, you've lost the anointing. I don't want to go around saying that out loud, but you've lost the anointing. I said, "Have you ever consider the fact it may be that, that, that we have bottle-fed you and changed your stinky diapers for two years, and it's time for you to stand up for yourself and start believing what I've been teaching you for the last two years to be truth in your life so that you can do something? Oh, no, I never thought about that. And I said, well, that's what's going on. And that's what goes on. See, God will let you use something like what I've got with this anointing for a crutch. And he'll let you use that. But there's going to come a time when that which is so easy for you because you don't have to do anything to involve us, I just come stand in line. I lay hands on you, the anointing runs, you feel your body get hot, and bless God, bingo, the miracles come in Yeshua's name. But you see, what God wants is you to work the works. In order for you to work the works, you've got to understand how it works. So what God is letting you do is he's letting you be the recipient of him through this prophet in this case so that you can know that it's real so that you can study, you can fast, you can pray until you can get yourself into this thing where you can believe God for you and your family. And that's what this is about. Back to back to the back to the scenario with the devil. I believe the word of God, here comes the devil. The devil hears me say, "Well, Man, the pain is still there and I don't know what's going on. End the story. You just lost your healing, it's over. Now, it's one thing to receive from God, it's another thing to keep what you have received from God. All right? And and, and that and, and 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 folks that just reciprocates back and forth and it was never going to be different from that. Why? Because it only wor- it only works according to God's word. It, do, it doesn't work in any, other, in any other means or shape. It only works according to God's Word. So God's Word says, all right? So you see, the Word of God, now listen, does not work according to our feelings. That's the reason that you've got, you've got, to, you've got to get into a position of doing what? You've got to be in the position of understanding that, that bless God, that God made you spirit, soul, and body whole. All right. Now, I was talking to some folks this uh, this weekend, or, or this week, and I got talking about, we're going to teach you uh, how to be intercessors. We're going to, uh, again, that's down the road here when we get some more of this stuff laid. We're going, through intercession and, and, and bringing you into a place of intercession, we're going to teach you that every time you have a pain in your body, that that's not you, that that is you interceding for somebody. Did, uh, did you hear me, I, what I said earlier? The devil can be fooled. And you have got to learn to come to that place and, and, and begin to realize the depths of this thing and how they operate. Once you understand the rules, and I said that last night, you're going to hear me say it all weekend probably, once you can understand the rules and apply the rules, you can play the game. Until you understand the depth to these rules, you're going to get beat every time you pick the bat up to go to the plate to see if you can hit the ball. You're going to get beat. Why? Because the devil knows more word than you may ever know. He understands very, very well that once you speak the Word of God, he's out of business. But he also knows that when he can come and cause you, how many understand familiar spirits are familiar with you and know how to push your button? Amen? And so when they come, bless God, they know what they can do and what they can't do. So they're push your button about knowing that you'll run your mouth off and say, well, I don't. Because you see, these bodies are run by the five, you know, the five senses that God gave us and feeling is one of those senses. So if you feel sick, you must be sick. No, not necessarily. Well, they said I had cancer. I must have it. Not necessarily. You see, there's another world out here. There's another, there's another operation that, that works supernaturally that is absolutely contrary, completely different or backward from what we live by with these five senses. And that's what God wants us to learn. That's what God is, that's what God is pushing us toward is to get us to realize that if you're going to get there, you've got to play the game right. If you're going to win, you've got to play by the rules. Isn't that the way we learned when we were kids? And, and, and the supernatural side of this thing works exactly the same way. So, so what happens to us when we turn around and say, well, I, I, you know, I'm hurting, and, or, you, or the devil's listening, and every day you pray the same prayer you prayed the day before. The devil's not stupid. You know what he's saying? Thou got him now. Listen that fool. Tries to repeat the Word of God and sits here and confesses out of their mouth to God. God, heal me. And the devil's saying, he healed you yesterday, honey. Folks, this is the way this thing works. And you might as well, you might as well buck up and listen. This is the way it operates. Once you can grasp a hold of and you can realize you can beat the devil at his own game. All right. What is pain? Sensation. It's sensual, fleshly. Well, the fact of it is, when you when you when you begin to realize that that bless God, okay, you messed up. What are you going to do? God, I repent from my doubt and unbelief. I was healed, and then I said, up you know I I I'm, I'm, you know I'm, I'm sorry. You're going to hear me go through this with structured prayer, but I'm just setting you up, okay? So so when you repent, what do you do? You go back and pray the prayer again. Some of you. Need to go down to the local Lowe's or the or the depot and bless God buy a big roll of that gray duct tape. Okay, and you need to take a strip. Now for those of us that have beards and mustaches, it's going to be a little tough on us. You may want to cut a small. But you need to put a big old strip of duct tape right there then you won't be able to doubt and belief out of your mouth as long as you got the duct tape on your mouth, will you? Does it work? Yeah, I've even done it. I made my mind up. I was going to make one 24-hour period without speaking doubt and unbelief out of my mouth, and I went and got some duct tape. I taped my mouth. I I went into that little town of Mount Carmel, had to get something in town, and I didn't want to go, but I didn't want to take that off because it already made part of the day. But I was going to stand before God, and at least God was going to say, well, Deckard, you made one day without speaking doubt and unbelief. You should have seen the looks I got that day going in that store. <laughs> it's not every day in Mount Carmel, Illinois, somebody comes into the store that's got duct tape on their mouth. Huh? But it works. So it's just been a little idea that, it, you know, that if you just can't keep your mouth shut, then shut your mouth. Duct tape it. If you got to go out, take it off. Put duct tape on your mouth. Some of you need to do that. You're on the tel- telephone too much anyway. Oh, don't get started there. We'll be there a while. Won't we? So, now we're understanding that, bless God, that if you're not born again, you can't be led by the Spirit. Number two, you could have offended God. We talked about some of that. Cultural resistance. Our society is and has departed from its Christian and supernatural heritage. And that's exactly what's happened in the United States of America. We have departed from our Christian and supernatural heritage. Most of you have never heard anybody teach anything that you just heard. No, you've never, you've never understood why you seem to be healed, and then then all of a sudden you're not healed, and seem like you're never healed again until you can get around somebody that's got enough anointing to break the yoke again for a season. But 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 uh, let me tell the story about a woman that was right here in this in this congregation. This is the first church that I established out of seven here in southern Illinois, southern Indiana, and western Kentucky. And the woman came in and. And, and, and she and her husband started attending here. And she came up in the healing line one Sunday night. And she said to me, she said, uh, I need to be healed of cancer. I said, you have cancer? She said, no, but, well, she said, they haven't found it yet, but I've got it. I said, i bet you have. So I prayed. I just prayed. I said, well, Lord God, you know, let your anointing destroy the oak." She went and sat down. About, about six weeks later, she comes. She said, well, they found it. She said, I knew I had it. My mom died from it. My aunt died from it. I've got it. I said, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be healed. I said, fine. Laid hands on her, cursed the thing, cast it out of her in the name of Yeshua. And she went back to the doctor. The next week, she come. They took the x-ray. She stood up in the congregation. And she said, uh, prophet, she said, I just want to report I'm healed. I said, well... Praise God. And everybody applauded and and everything. And she said, well, she said, uh, I know it's still there. They just can't find it. (laughs) I said, I'll bet they will. Sure enough, a few minutes went by. and Here she come up in the healing line. She's bawling and squalling. Well, she said they found it. I said, yeah, I bet they did. I said, you want to be healed? "Uh Uh-huh. I thought, oh, this ought to be cute. I mean, you must push God just for just, you know. So And so anyway, I laid hands on her. She came back the next week. She stood up. She's a prophet. She said, I'm healed. Everybody applauded and praised God. Hallelujah. In the midst of her doubt and unbelief, the anointing destroyed that yoke, and she was healed again. And before she sat down, she said, but I know that it's still there. I want to go back and slap the woman. I thought, my Lord, my God. I kept thinking, I hope they leave and don't come back. You know, I'm like, yeah, what are they doing here? So, bless God, a few weeks went by, and she'd come up in the line. She's would bawling and swollen. I knew, and everybody in this room knew, that the woman didn't deserve to do anything but die. And I said, sis, I said, what well, seems to be the problem? Well, she said they found it again. I said, I bet they did. And she said, I need to be healed. And I said, well, sis, <clears throat> I said, I need to say, and about the time the God, this God that we serve said to me, he said, lay your hands on her, I'm going to destroy it. I turned around. Now, when things, men, the Lord God have some of these conversations, you'll see me just turn around like this, and me and God's having this thing, and I'm going, God, Enough's enough. Surely you're not going to... You, surely you're not... A, you couldn't even start... Well, the woman's just going to go back out and she's going to... Do it. He said, you do what I'm telling you. You lay your hands on that woman and you tell her that my mercies endureth forevermore. Now, if it was up to the prophet,
0: <laughs> I'd have
2: slapped the woman weeks ago and run her off, okay? That's just one of many reasons why I wouldn't make a good God, okay? One of many reasons. And so I did, and sure enough, God healed her. And, and, and so she came back. And bless God, she stood up again. Everybody applauded again. And she said again, I still think I've got that cancer. And I thought, oh my. She left And bless God, she died. Folks, God is a merciful God. And He's merciful. That was beyond anything that I've ever seen God ever do, since even. But He did it then. Because what He was... God loves us. The biggest culprit that we have against us is us. You are your own worst enemy. It's not powers of darkness. We have full control over them through... The name of Yeshua. We have complete control. There's no way that darkness can enter in unless you and I give him place. Paul said, "Neither give place to the devil," didn't he? So, so the, the the idea is to understand that you're going to have to learn. Bless God, who you are by the Word. The Word says it. If you'll believe it, then the rest of it what doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean anything. Now listen, and it goes this forth. Whether you live or you die, you belong to God anyway, don't you? So see, whether 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 you live or you die, you belong to Him. So so really what makes the difference? Well, some of us don't know that. You know, some of us haven't figured out that God has given us appointed time on the face of this earth. Your time was appointed. It was appointed from the foundation of this world when you would be here, when you would come out of your mother's womb, and when you'd give up the ghost. It's appointed. Now, if it's appointed, why doesn't the church understand the appointments? Most Christian people are afraid to die. Do you know that? I've been around too many of them. I've I've seen the fear in their faces. The fact of it is, they don't have the foggiest idea what the other side is about. You were born to go to the other side. God put you in the bondage of these bodies... I always kind of wondered if somehow at the foundation, maybe I must have piped up and said something that I shouldn't have said. You know, because after all, this is bondage. You're not free. When you give up the ghost, is when you're going to be free. When you die, you're going to free yourself from this, and you will be going back to the same to the the state that you came from. All right, which is a supernatural world, the spirit world, a spirit being. Which you truly are locked up into, bless God, a piece of flesh. Some of which looks nicer than others, by the way. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go on. Now, more open and sensitive to the material realm. And that keeps people from, from, bless God, uh, uh being able to be guided by the Spirit of God. They're, 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 they're sensitive to the material world. Teachings of Bible, are now more material than spiritual, and they are. Because, you know, again, the messages that you're going to hear so much about the, uh, with me ministering, uh, those messages, bless God, are, are going to get to the point where you're going to realize that I'm taking you to some depths, but in order to get you to those depths, there's certain things that's got to happen. The, the first thing that I've got to get you into is fasting and prayer. You have to make that a way of life. That can't be something you do driving down the road when you're going to work, and that's the end of it. It's not, it, it see, as a Jew, we're taught to pray three times a day, morning, afternoon, and night. All right? Now, you always, if you can't pray, and sometimes I, sometimes I can't do that when I'm in ministry and traveling like I would do if I'm home. So... Well, I be sure that I'm sure that I do that. I pray before I go to bed, and I said something last night about that. That gives your spirit an opportunity to work all night while you're sleeping on what you're praying about, if you'll pray correctly. And that's the reason many times again, as I said, you'll wake up and and you'll you'll say, "Oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know the answer to that." And what's happened is it, God. Your spirit has worked that out for you, and now you know, okay? Now, uh, we're plagued without uh, loss of uh, mystery, meaning wanting to do what? To figure out all the spiritual spiritual part, the scriptural part, uh, bless God, without any guidance from God at all. And that's really where we came to somehow in the church. We, we got to the point where, where we were being told what to believe, and we were being told... That, you know, that just, for a long period of time, we were just told to come to, come into the service, but don't even try to read your Bibles because you're not smart enough to interpret that. That's the reason these people call themselves preachers or priests were sent to, uh, I call them cemeteries. They call them seminaries to bless God to learn nothing. Alright? But they were learning what? They were learning what those people wanted you to learn. And so after they knew that those people had learned that, then they sent them out to teach you their doctrines, and that's what, and that's what uh, constitutes every uh, denomination that there's been on the face of this earth. Now, we understand that, bless God, the absence of support for the supernatural um, is uh, is real, uh, and it was that way until we got into the into the into the uh, Pentecostal movement, and then all of a sudden, the supernatural came to the front forefront. Now the problem we have now that I mentioned earlier is well, now everything's the supernatural world and we got nothing at all that pertains and, and, and delves within the, the scriptural side of it. And it, it's absolutely appalling to me to watch people get out here and try in some way to, to, to take scriptures and butcher them up the way they butcher them up and have these stories that mean, that mean nothing. You know, I, I'm often saying to young ministers that say, well, you know, I want to. I want to minister. I want. You know, I want to. I, I feel like I need to get started in ministry. And I never forget. One day, I, I had a young man sitting across from me, and it just happened to be that, that uh, in the desk I had had about fifteen of those spiral notebooks that some of you are using to take notes with, and they were full. And so, and, and he said, and, and he came to me about six months prior to that and said that God had told him to sit under my ministry and to grow up under my ministry. I said, well, that's good, because that's what you need to do. So I said, just sit down and enjoy yourself and and learn something. about six months, he came and said, well, he said, I'm now ready. He said, I'm now ready to uh, to bless God, to go out into ministry. And I said, I did not poured oil on you. Well, no, but he said, I know what God's told me. And I said, son, what are you going to preach when you get out there? He looked at me and he said, well, what do you mean? I said, you may have enough material right now to do what? Preach a month? What are you going to do the rest of the year? Hope that you can study and get enough of that material? I suppose you think you're just going to be led by the Spirit of God. Well, sure I am. I said, that won't work either. So I reached down that drawer and I took a whole handful of those books and I just threw them over the top of the desk and they lit on the floor. And I said, right there at that point in time was something like uh, 10 years of ministry. I said, every one of those pages has a sermon on it. I said, now, you can't get that. Out on your knees before God, so you can hope you can get something prepared for next week. See, if you don't have it, folks, all you're going to do is do what you're going to be trying to feed people by a means other than the Spirit of God. You're going to be feeding uh, people by what's up here, and that's what we've had in the church realm for all these generations. We don't need any more of that. So, so when you when you look at that, and you and it comes down to the point of understanding that, bless God. That true spirituality is both the spiritual and the scriptural world. That, that, that bless God, it, it comes together. That's what causes the work. Now, <clears throat> when you begin to look at, and I, I, I deem this as the frigid Christian, the way a child is taught about Christ, the church, and the Bible, bless God, is very simple. And you know, they, they, they grow up knowing all the Bible stories, if, you, if you're teaching them, And by the way, as a Jew, we would never trust our children to be taught by you. Can I say that again? Dads, your place is to teach your children. If you're stupid enough to take them somewhere and stick them in the basement of some knucklehead that probably doesn't even have the right spirit in them, to teach your child the important things of God, then God help you too. Because on that day that you stand before the Lord God, you're going to receive stripes. You are the one in, child, in charge of your family's scriptural growth. And you better understand that. That's where you say we don't have Sunday school. Well, what do you do with the kids? Well, I'll tell you what you do with the kids. You bring them in, this, in, this, in, the, in the sanctuary. You set them down and tell them to shut up. And if they can't shut up, you take them outside and warp their butts and bring them back in and see then if they'll shut up. You said, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute! Now, you can't do that anymore." Oh, well, you can't, but that's what needs to be done. Okay? See, I prophesied back in the '70s, was going to come to the early '80s. I'm sorry, going to come a time when the children were going to rule the homes by law. Has that happened? You bet that's happened. The children rule these homes today. Well, I'll just call. I'll just call nine one one. I can't tell you how many people called me through the years and said, "What am I supposed to do?" And I said, "You tell them to call nine one one, but you explain to them before they you, they call what's going to happen. They're, uh, they're going to come in, the family services. They're going to take them from this home, and they're never coming back. They're going to be put in a foster home. They'll never see you or know your husband again. And if that's what they want to do, then let them have at it. Give them the phone and tell them to dial it. And you don't want something at this date." No one's dialed the phone in a lot of years. What's that about? Well, number one, people really, uh, kids really aren't wanting to do what they're saying they're going to do. It's just the fact that they know that they've got a gun to their parents' heads now. And they can cock that hammer anytime they want to cock it. Whose fault is that? You ready? It's the church's fault. Listen to me. Dads, it's your fault because you didn't teach those children differently. It's the church's fault because the church didn't teach you, Dad, how to handle your family. See, I, I'm appalled. I'm absolutely appalled at people trying to be in ministry that's families and their children are such a mess. I'm appalled at it. I get places you can't talk, the kids, you're standing there trying to talk to somebody and they don't even, you know what my great-granny would have done? She'd have backhanded me and after I rolled about three times out across the yard, she had said, Tommy, Tommy, you have forgotten, son, that a child is to be seen and not heard. That was the rule. And Tommy learned after about two backhands that Tommy just best be seen and not heard.
1: Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.JewishProphet.com. Get out there. Do yourself a favor. Find out what's going on here and you won't be disappointed. So again, you can also get more all the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at Jewishprophet.com and we'll be praying for your prayer request again. That's Cradle at Jewish dot com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.
0: She her but her sir, livra, did not start,